Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord today. It's a great day in the house of the Lord. Great day to receive from the Lord. Worship him. Bless his holy name. Well, today, why don't we walk on water? Let's walk on water. Let's learn to walk on water. You know I'm referring to the account where Peter walked on the water with Jesus, and we'll come to that in just a few minutes' time. Maybe you're here today, and you don't think it's possible for a human being to walk on water. Maybe some of you are here, and you don't feel like walking on water. Maybe you're so dejected and burdened down with life that you don't even want to walk on water today. But the Lord offers us a walk on water. And we want to encourage you with the scriptures today and with the word of the Lord. I want to, before we come to the passage where Peter walked on water in the Gospels, let's look at a few foundational scriptures to set this message. Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 17. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. The Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Then he's referring to Isaiah's, to the Exodus. says, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. The Lord overcoming our enemies. The Lord makes a way in the sea. The Lord makes a path in the mighty waters. Isaiah 43, 1 to 2. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame kindle upon you or scorch you. The Lord speaks to us and identifies himself with us as a God who makes a way in the sea, a God who makes a path in the mighty waters. He goes with us. He walks with us through life through the waters of life and the stormy seas and everything that comes our way. And he wants us to know there is a way that we can walk on the stormy sea. We can walk in the pathway through the waters. That pathway that God presents to us is his peace, the peace of God. And when we say the word peace, the Hebrew shalom or the New Testament Greek eirene, we're not just speaking of absence of turmoil, but the peace of God is his prosperity. The peace of God is his victory. The peace of God is his miracle life. God says, I make a way in the sea, and I make a path through the mighty waters. The peace of God is supernatural. This life of God that we live is supernatural. It's beyond our reasoning. It's beyond our capability and capacity. It's the will of God. It's the work of God through us. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I am giving to you. There's another dimension of miracle life and supernatural walk. 
And then John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. The world has tribulation. The world is a tribulation. But Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. These things I've spoken to you, his word, his promises. He said, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace that you can walk on water, that you can live a miracle life in the world tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Romans 3.17 speaks of those who do not know the Lord. They do not know the Lord. The Bible says, and the way of peace they have not known. There's none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 3 gives the indictment upon the human race and its sinfulness. And one of the characteristics of people outside of God, the Bible says the way of peace they have not known. God wants us to know the way of peace, the way through the waters, the way in the sea. Isaiah 57, verse 20 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up or churn up mire and dirt. God says that's the wicked world. That's the world outside of the righteous people of God, the kingdom of God, like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. In verse 19, he says, I create the fruit of the lips. God says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord. The Lord creates the fruit of the lips. The Bible says that we are offered to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The fruit of our lips is thanksgiving. The fruit of our lips is a confession of faith in the word of God. The fruit of our lips is worship unto the Lord. God says, I create that. And the way God creates it is because his blessings are so abundant, his salvation and redemption is so great that we can't help but begin to praise him and bless him and confess his word and his promises. God says, I create the fruit of the lips. He says, peace, peace to him who is afar off, the Gentiles, the nations, those who are far from God, and peace be to those who are near. In that time, the Jewish race, the Jewish people. God says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace be to those who are far off and near, and I will heal him. God says, you can have healing in the covenant too. I will heal you. I'll heal your mind. I'll heal your body. I'll restore your soul. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters churn up mire and dirt, constant upheaval, confusion, difficulty. God's word says he makes a way in the sea. He makes a path in the mighty waters. Now let's go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, the account where Jesus and Peter walked on the water. Two other Gospels mention this event, Mark chapter 6 and John chapter 6, in abbreviated form in both of those, but there are a couple of interesting uh, comments made by Mark and by John, and 
I'll try and include those in the preaching this morning, but let's read Mark 14, 22 to 33. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. He sent them across after the feeding of the 5,000 across the Sea of Galilee at its northern end back to Capernaum, a distance of some seven miles. He sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, halfway across, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., now in the fourth watch, sometime around or after 3 a.m. in the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There's one who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. It was a difficult night that the disciples ended up in. A stormy sea, difficult circumstances, a dark and frightful night. But Jesus had said to them, I want you to go across to the other side. I want you to go back to Capernaum. And he pushed the boat off from shore. He had other business to attend to, like dismissing the crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children who now wanted to make him king. He needed to go up into the mountain and seek his father and deal with some things that were taking place in his ministry. He pushed the disciples off and said, go to the other side. Now, in ultimate fashion, the Lord has pushed every one of us off. And he said, I'll see you on heaven's shore. In ultimate statement, that push and our destination is heaven's shore. And we need to reach that shore. And we will by the grace of God. But there are many destinations in this life as well. There are many times where Jesus gives us a push in a direction of life, in family, in vocation, in ministry. He pushes us off. He says, I want you to go to the other side. And these disciples, some of them were experienced fishermen. I'm sure they were looking forward to the journey across the Galilee that evening. The skies were pleasant. The breeze was perfect. They hoisted up the sail. A couple, two, three hours, they'd sail across the north end of the Sea of Galilee. Enjoy the evening, a sunset sail. 
rejoicing in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. But it wasn't long. They'd been out there a little ways, and all of a sudden, a mighty wind came down on the Galilee, off the mountains and hills surrounding the lake, and it began to blow. And these disciples all of a sudden realized they were in difficulty, and they pulled in the sail, and they took the oars. And there they were, straining with all their might. The Bible says they were distressed in rowing, trying to keep that little ship against the wind and trying to make some headway. But many hours went by, and there was no headway. The winds were contrary. This was a wind, this was a storm that they could not handle. Jesus was up in the mountain praying, calling out to his Father, dealing with the issues of life and ministry. And the Bible says that in Mark 6 or the John's account, John 6, that Jesus saw them. Jesus saw them toiling in their rowing toiling and trying to make some headway in life, in the direction he had given them, in their calling, their ministry, what he'd asked them to do in life, trying to make some headway. He saw them, and the truth is that Jesus sees us. Now, I believe he saw them in the Spirit because it doesn't seem plausible that he could see them on that dark, stormy night by natural eyes. There was supernatural vision. Jesus can see in the dark. He knows exactly what we're going through and what we face in the journey of this life. And he had concern. But they were out there for many hours, struggling and toiling. And sometimes that's how it is in our circumstances, in the things we deal with in this life. But we know that God has a timing for all of us. And that there is a word and a work that God can do as we toil and as we labor, as we strain against the oars. We don't know when he's coming, but we know that he sees us and we know that he'll come to us in the perfect timing that he has for every one of us. He'll come to our situation. He'll come to our circumstance. Well, about 3 a.m. in the morning, he said, that's a long time in the night. Yes, it was. And sometimes we feel that way. It's a long time in the night, and where's the Lord? Why hasn't he come yet? Why hasn't there been breakthrough? Why hasn't there been fulfillment to the answers of our heart and the desperation? About 3 a.m., Jesus came walking on the water, and he, he made as if he would have gone by them. No concern. Strolling along on the water. The water... A smooth path for him, apparently solid. And he was out there in the evening walking through the night. I used to think that Jesus was somehow trying to climb up and down the waves. You know, now you see him, now you don't. The boat's rocking and Jesus is trying to walk on these waves and he's bracing himself against the wind, but he's walking. But that couldn't be the truth. The Lord knows how to make a way in the sea. Jesus was walking in perfect harmony with himself and with the elements, walking on that sea of life. When the disciples saw him, they, they cried out, it's a ghost. It's amazing what kind of fears can conjure up in our mind, in our emotions, when we face distressful times, when we face difficulty. My, it's amazing what comes up. The images you can imagine of what's going to happen and what's going to take place. How many have found yourself, like I have, saying to yourself sometimes, 
what am I thinking? What am I thinking? This is so against the promise of God. This is so against what the Lord said he's going to do by his word and by his spirit. And so we have these fears that surface. They come up in our life. But the Lord knows all about us. And they cried out, and Jesus said to them, Be of good cheer. You've got to be kidding. But he wasn't. He wasn't. He says, be of good cheer. But Lord, the wind, the waves, we can't make any headway. We're, we're fighting this battle tonight on the, on the waters. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Literally, I am. The I am is here, he said. The I am God, Jehovah Jesus, the one who is with us, the one who is present, the one who will help us in every difficulty. He said, I am is here. He said, cheer up. Stop fearing. Cheer up. Stop fearing. And that's what he says to his people. In the midst of tempest, wind, storm-tossed waters of life, Jesus comes walking calmly on the water, and his words to us are, cheer up, stop fearing. It is I. I'm with you. I sent you to the other side, and you're going to make the destination that I've spoken to you about. Peter said to him, Lord, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. Lord, if it's you, command me. Command me to come to you on the water. And, and the Lord said, come. The Lord is willing to let us walk on the water with him, to walk in supernatural life and miracle life in the midst of this world. This world is a churning sea, but the Lord says there is a path in the sea, there is a way in the mighty waters. He invites us to come and walk with him on the water. Now for all the times that Peter opened his mouth and got things wrong, we have to admire him here. Because nobody else in the boat, the other 11, I don't hear one of them saying, we want to walk too. How many this morning want to walk on the water with Jesus? He's willing. He's willing. He says, you can walk the way I walk. As he is, so are we in this world, the Bible says. We can walk that miracle life. We can walk that path of peace. We can walk that path of victory, no matter the storm, no matter the waves. He said, Peter, come. And Peter got out of the boat and stepped on a solid pathway, a smooth pathway, and he began to walk on the water. He began to walk in the same power, in the same miracle manner that Jesus walks in this world. But then the impossibility hit him. It's not possible for a human being to walk like this. No human being should be able to walk this miracle life but I don't see any other Christians, I mean disciples, walking on the water. It can't be for us. There's no other disciple walking like Jesus walks. They're all clinging to the boat in relative safety. And Peter began to look around, began to look around at the waves that were coming at him. And he began to waver. 
And his mind and emotions began to take over the word of the Lord that had been given to him. The vision that he saw of the Lord and how he could walk as he kept his eyes on the Lord, that vision began to be blurred as he looked on the circumstances that were about him. He began to waver in his faith. I mean, how many, how many waves can a person take? How much onslaught can a person take? Now, he'd been walking as he kept his eyes on Jesus, walking just fine on the water, and every wave fell harmless at his feet. Think about that. Every wave coming against Peter, every onslaught, every temptation, every trial, every criticism, every difficulty that he faced in life coming like the waves with the wind, every one of them fell harmlessly at his feet. And sometimes we're walking with the Lord and we're walking in the miracle and every wave that's come against us has fallen harmlessly at our feet. And we continue on walking the miracle life of the Lord. But sometimes we look out and say, not another wave. Not another onslaught. Not another difficulty. Not another circumstance and pressure. And we begin to waver. And we lose our faith. And we begin to doubt the word of the Lord and the promise of God. Say, well, how many waves, how many waves can a person endure? And the answer is, as many as come. (laughs) As many as come. As long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and listen to his voice. We don't have to concern ourselves with how many waves are going to come, what kind of difficulties are going to come in life, what kind of circumstances we're going to face. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, every wave, every temptation, every trial will fall harmlessly at our feet and we walk on in the victory of the Lord. We must keep our eyes on, on the Lord. We must listen to his word. Peter began to listen to the howling, threatening wind instead of the voice he heard that said, come, walk. And Peter began to sink. Peter began to sink. If you feel like you're sinking this morning into some circumstance, into some difficulty, in some wind and wave that's been just coming nonstop, incessantly at you, then do what Peter did. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Immediately. Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Call out on the Lord. Say, Lord, save me. And the Lord lifted him up, and the Lord said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? We've heard those words before by Jesus to his disciples. How many have heard those words in your own spirit by the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That doubt where we don't believe the promise of God. We don't believe that he cares for us. We don't know if he's with us. And yet he said, I am with you even unto the end of the age, unto the end of the world. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My word is with you. I've given you my guidance. He makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. And Peter And Jesus walked to the boat, that little ship, 
And when they got in, the Bible says all of a sudden the wind ceased and the boat lay in a calm lake. And those in the boat, the disciples, began to worship him. They took a few minutes to worship him. They said, truly, this is the Son of God. This is Messiah. This is Jesus the Christ. They spent time worshiping and magnifying him, and they were taking time to let the lesson sink in, what Jesus had just taught them. Wind and waves, be of good courage, be of good cheer. I make a way in the sea. You saw Peter walk on the water. I've got a miracle life for you. You can live higher than what people in this world say you can live. You can walk in the supernatural victory of God. When they'd finished worshiping him, the Bible says, I believe it's John's account or Mark's, that all of a sudden this, this, the, the boat, the ship, was at land. There they'd been in the midst of the Galilee, three and a half miles across, John says, three to four miles, seven, eight miles across. They were in the midst of the sea, and all of a sudden they were at the docks of Capernaum. The Lord makes a way in the sea. Now let's look at Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. Jesus said, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. That's the restless striving of the world without God. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. <laughs> Cheer up. Stop fearing. Jesus said these things will happen. There will be signs. There will be distress of nations with perplexity. Men won't know how to solve their problems. The sea and the waves roaring. An agitated world, confused, churning up mire and dirt, not knowing what way to walk. That's the world of those who do not know the Lord. The way of peace they have not known. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. But we rejoice because we're going to see the Son of God break through the clouds one day with power and glory. Come on the clouds. When these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads. Your salvation, your redemption draws nigh. The Lord makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Now, he has a path for every one of us today. Will you walk on water with Jesus? Maybe you feel like you're sinking into your circumstance, into your difficulty. Jesus said, come, come. I'll lift you above it. You can walk with me in victory. You can walk with me on a smooth, stable path in the midst of the turbulent waters of life. He said, don't doubt. Cheer up. Have faith. Believe in me. Now, I sense this morning that we should close out with a psalm and read it together. So why don't we stand together this morning and you're going to help me do some preaching right now. Preach to one another and preach to yourselves. 
Preach to your family. Preach to your circumstance. Preach to your world right now. And we're going to read Psalm 91 out of the King James Version. We're going to read it together. When you're in trouble, when you're in difficulty, when you need strength, when you need comfort, or just you want to be blessed of God, you know, remember, call 911. Psalm 91.1. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for his people. And we need to pull it over our lives. Let's invoke Let's invoke Psalm 91 today. It's the word of the Lord for us. The world is shaking. The world is turbulent. But we have a way of peace in the midst of the storm. We have a walk because we got a pathway of victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. Peace I give unto you. Let's begin to read together. Join me. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon thou shalt trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Come on, let's bless the name of the Lord our God. That's his word. That's his promise. That's his declaration over us. He makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Let's, as we close out today, let's worship God with all our heart for his promise, for his word. This is him speaking to us. This is the I am over his people that walk with him with all their heart. This morning as we close out in worship, the altars are open. If you need prayer, if you feel like you're beginning to sink into your circumstance, but you want to come this morning and say, Lord, save me. I'm coming, Lord, save me. I'm coming for a fresh word and dedication. Then you pull out from where you are. Step out from where you are. If you want to come and dedicate yourself to the Lord under his promise this morning, come and receive the word of the Lord. Come and receive his presence on your life. But all of us, as we close out, let's worship God. Truly, this one is the Son of God. Hallelujah.